she made some realizations and it started out as disappointment. And then it became empowering because she knew where she was. She knew exactly what was going on. Her consistency was low and she realized she wasn't broken. She just needed to amp it up a little bit. And that's super cool. And have fun with it. You can make it a game. I wonder how my body likes eating and maintenance. I wonder how my body likes, like be curious about your body. Get to know it. Get to understand the trends and what it what it enjoys and what it doesn't like. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am good, but I am sore. Holy smokes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I am very sore. I've been teaching a... uh, strength and conditioning class at the pole studio on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I participate with everybody. And oh my goodness. I'm like, why did I do that to them? <laughs> I've kind of feel a little bad because some people like this is their first time working out. And I'm like, if I'm sore, I can't imagine. Like, yeah. My <laughs> condolences to your body. My, my yeah. condolences <laughs> to your quads. Sunday I taught strength and conditioning and then I immediately taught a beginner one class. And oh, then wow. yesterday I learned several new variations of a like of an advanced spin mm-hmm. and climbed and danced for like an hour and a half and my body is like what did you do bitch <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun though oh it my god it's really fun it's so much fun like you don't really realize it's a workout oh yeah and so i'm like we're going to go out to sushi tomorrow so i'm switching my workout days so i'm instead of working out tomorrow i'm working out today and i'm like Oh, good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, you want to do this? I have notes. (laughs) I throw stuff out. (laughs) I have a whole list of things. Something that has come more to my realization over the past couple of weeks of sharing my experience being in what I've been affectionately calling late stage calorie deficit having been in one for a while and been extremely consistent is that a lot of people don't really know all of the symptoms that come with being in a calorie deficit that you've sustained for a while. And so I've been mentioning these things and people are messaging me like I had no idea this was this. There are a lot of things that come along with sustaining a calorie deficit for a period of time that a lot of people just don't know. So I have a big ass list of things to go through and we can talk about what they are and why. Some of these things are good signs that you are in a calorie deficit. Some of these things are signs that maybe you got to get your ass out of a calorie deficit for a little bit and take a break at maintenance. So yeah. What do you think? I love it. I absolutely love it. So what is first on your list, Iris? First on my list. um, And these are in no order necessarily of like intensity, but The first one is I'm freezing cold all the time. Mm -hmm. I am cold. Me personally, I usually, my husband makes fun of me because I'm like literally always wearing a sweater. It could be like 75 out and I'll wear a parka. (laughs) But I am like freezing cold all the time. 
I'm always bundled up. And that is a sign that you're in a calorie deficit. Yeah, you're losing insulation. Yeah, <laughs> losing insulation and your body's trying to conserve energy by, you know, keeping the things that matter most warm. So like your hands, your fingers, your toes, you can survive without them. So <laughs> your body's like, yeah, they can be cold. Internal organs, the heart, that stuff is much more important than appendages. So it's just trying to conserve energy, which I think... This is something that has been on my mind for a while, and that is that I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people, view their body as the enemy when they are working for physique goals, like fat loss or muscle building or whatever. And there's just this air of like, it's working against me, like it's fighting me. Why is it making it so hard? And people don't like to hear this, but... Your body does not give a fuck about how you want it to look. Very true. It doesn't. Your body's job is to keep you alive the best it knows how. And so we have all of these adaptations that, you know, make it harder for us <laughs> to reach the physicals that we might have because our body just wants to keep us alive. Maybe you have a different perspective on this, Brooke, as someone who's been open with about uh, fibromyalgia, but your body's not the enemy. It's just doing the best it can, the best it knows how. What do you think about that? I actually would have to agree with you. With having fibromyalgia and having like, for example, like I have flare-ups and flare-ups can be like mental, physical, emotional. And I know that if, I'm having like a physical flare up, like my spine is on fire. My body mm -hmm. is just heavy and it's hurting. Like I'm getting very achy. That is a sign. Like that is my body's way of telling me you did too much and you need to dial back. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm feeling like I'm very much having brain fog or I call it scatterbrained. I'm a little mm -hmm. bit scatterbrained or have more of a difficult time articulating what I'm trying to say. I might be too mentally or emotionally stressed out. So I feel like what you're saying is right on point. Our body is going to do the best it can to protect you. Like your body has your best interest at heart. It just mm -hmm. might not be what you want. Yeah. And that can be hard to accept for some people. Mm -hmm. But when you open your mind to accepting that, I think it makes it a lot easier on yourself because you're not... Like we've talked about before, you're not fighting with reality. And the reality is that she's just doing the best she knows how <laughs> or he, <laughs> you know, exactly. they're just doing what they know how to do. And that is keep us alive. And one of the adaptations in the interest of keeping us alive is to keep our internal organs warm and forget about everything else, kind of, <laughs> when yeah. we're in a calorie deficit for a, a longer period of time. And these are like everything on this list is adaptations that, I mean, fat loss is an adaptation, right? We are forcing this change in our body, being in a calorie deficit, eating less than our body needs to maintain its current weight, forcing the adaptation of fat loss, hopefully if you're eating enough protein and lifting weights at the same time. But like that adaptation that we're forcing on it, it's adapting because it's trying to help us survive, right? So yes. it's tapping into our fat stores to keep us alive. Most definitely. So I think looking looking at all of this stuff, like even muscle gain, even like performance goals, any of that stuff, looking at it through the lens of like, you're a partner with your body, really. It's You're not the enemy. 
And I think, honestly, that helps treat it with respect as well. (laughs) It helps us treat our bodies with respect. Yeah. I mean, our bodies love homeostasis, which is balance. Mm -hmm. Our bodies like balance. Our bodies don't necessarily like having adaptations placed upon it. And that even goes for a calorie surplus. Mm -hmm. So it loves to be in maintenance. So when you place yourself in an energy deficit, you're going to notice things like lower energy. You're going to notice that your energy is going to go towards different places. You might notice um, what we're going to talk about a little bit later with some of the other talking points is you're going to notice other situations that might arise in a calorie deficit because you're taking your body out of balance on purpose in order to reach a goal. And sorry to say this, but your body doesn't care how you feel about it. It just wants to stay in homeostasis. Yeah. The theme of like all everything we talk about is doing these things from a place of respect, right? Mm -hmm. Respecting your body, not doing these things from a place of desperation or a feeling that we have to do these things to ourselves in order to be okay or to love ourselves or to have other people love us. That, of course, is the underlying theme in everything we talk about. So we're not saying don't do this. Obviously, you know, we've both (laughs) been through cycles of calorie deficit, you know, maintaining, building, and we can do this stuff from a place of respect. Most definitely. And compassion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a whole episode on compassion. So (laughs) we sure do. I'll link it in the show notes. (laughs) Go back and listen to that if you want to if you want to know more about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So back to the list, you mentioned fatigue, being more tired, which I'm feeling that in a sustained calorie deficit because, you know, you're taking in less energy. You have less energy to spend and your body is spending all the energy it, it thinks it needs to to keep you alive, to keep you ticking. And so it's not going to give you a whole bunch of energy for fidgeting or for, you know, blinking all these little things that we don't think about throughout the day when we're in maintenance. Hopefully you guys have spent some time in maintenance (laughs) and explored that and experienced that a little bit. Um, All these things we don't think about, like we just, we slow it down. We slow it way down subconsciously. And even sometimes, you know, I will have to really amp myself up to like (laughs) go to the gym or to go for a walk and get my steps in or to like, I mean, shit, empty the dishwasher or fold the laundry. Your body's trying to conserve some energy. It's like, slow down, bitch. I don't got much to spare. <laughs> so <laughs> so you you feel slower. And I, I was explaining this to my husband the other day. I was like, I feel like I'm in a vat of molasses and I cannot get to the other side. That is a very good description of what it feels like. (laughs) Like it's trying to run through quicksand. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a, here's a good um, question I think we can talk about now. So we know that the purpose of exercise and movement is not to burn calories. So coach Brooke, why do we care about getting our steps in while we're in a deficit? So your total daily energy expenditure which includes your basal metabolic rate or your BMR, your NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your TEF, which is your thermic effect of food, and your exercise activity. And that makes up your total daily energy expenditure. I am only a couple cups of coffee deep, so I apologize (laughs) if I forgot something. 
But on this total daily energy expenditure, your BMR or the amount of energy that it takes to essentially keep the lights on, keep your heart pumping, keep your lungs breathing to keep you alive, that equates to about 75% or 70%, excuse me. And your NEAT comes in second. So your NEAT are all the things that you do that aren't structured exercise. And that's going to be you're walking, walking into the grocery store. That's going to be fidgeting. You know, if you're sitting at the desk, at your desk and you're bouncing your leg, like that counts for your neat, you know, little things that you're moving, doing the dishes, cleaning your house, all of that makes up your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And so it goes BMR, neat, thermic effect of food, and then your exercise activity. Exercise activity only makes up five to 10%. Your neat makes up it's a about lot less than people a think. lot less. It's a lot less than what people think. So making sure that you're staying active throughout the day is so incredibly important. So when you're in a calorie deficit, making sure that you are getting enough steps in, making sure that you are being more active. And as Iris mentioned, there is that fatigue that sets in. Your body is naturally not going to want to increase its neat it's going to want to increase calories. So (laughs) that's why you also get fatigued. So I think it's super important for people to realize that 10,000 steps a day or even just moving more throughout the day is going to be incredibly important in order to keep you in a deficit. Mm -hmm. I mean, people kind of get into the weeds because, well, if I plan to go for a walk, isn't that exercise? It doesn't matter. (laughs) It really doesn't matter. That's a little bit semantics, you know, exercise versus non-planned exercise. Just go for a walk. Just get some steps exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. The point is to maintain a healthy level of activity just in daily life. Because the fact is we do burn some calories when we move. You know, if we're a couch potato, completely sedentary, we're going to need a lot less food to keep us ticking than if we're, you know, walking 8,000 steps a day working out at the gym. Um, and that's just the fact. But the point is that the main idea of the movement is not to burn calories because that is the slippery slope that we don't want to go down. <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, we never know if what your little fitness watch is telling you is accurate. They're wildly inaccurate, even with your step count sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're a little bit inaccurate. But making sure that you're tracking your steps is going to be a lot more accurate than just trying to track your calories burned. So mm-hmm. the amount of calories that you're burning during your workout that your little Apple Watch or Fitbit's telling you, the chances of that being half of it are much higher than it actually being accurate. So making sure that you're using your nutrition to keep you dialed in is going to be way more important than your exercise activity. So I love that you brought that up, Iris. Yeah, people get bit in the butt by that. And I mean, they've been studied intensely for a long time. And even the best, most expensive trackers, when it comes to calorie burn, they're just inaccurate. I mean, I saw some of them are up to 90%. And if you're eating 90% inaccurately, that's a lot of calories that can add up. And then, you know, disappointment and confusion as to why it's not, quote unquote, not working. Mm -hmm. So just to keep that in mind. Um, But point being... It might take a little more effort for you to move around and get those steps in or a Peloton or whatever you like to do for just daily movement 
that's just it's part of the territory. Yes. yes. <laughs> less energy and, in, less energy to go out. And your body is not naturally going to want to expend more energy. Like I'm sure that you're experiencing this, Iris. I was mentioning earlier that I kind of had to take myself out of a deficit because of my energy demands mm-hmm. that I've been placed under, which was not an easy decision to make, but I made it because I know that that's my body was telling me what I needed to do. But I'm sure that it's probably a lot harder for you to get to the gym because you're more fatigued. You probably don't have as much drive to get there that you would if you were in maintenance or in a surplus. Am I am I right? Am I hitting you the are right? I was, <laughs> I was making a face at you. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like motivation versus drive, right? I'm I'm driven overall to my goals. I'm not motivated a lot of the time. And for the past couple of weeks, I have really not been motivated. And that is kind of leads into the next thing is that the longer people stay in a deficit, the more their personality starts to change a little bit. Yes. And that is... Like, I was creeped out by it the other day, to be perfectly honest. Like, some of the things that I'm noticing in myself. And to be perfectly frank, if you don't notice that change, I mean, I think it should be glaring. If you don't notice that change, Mm -hmm. you probably haven't experienced maintenance. You probably need to have some self-examination and maybe get a little real with yourself and get into maintenance. Yes. Because I have noticed in myself, like, I... I'm a lot more negative. Like I'm a negative person when I'm in a deficit and I don't like that (laughs) about myself. I immediately go to the negative instead of looking at the silver lining, which is what I have trained myself to do usually over the years. I just care less about a lot of things that I care very deeply about, one of which is going to the gym and lifting. Like I just don't care. And that's weird. (laughs) Yeah, especially for you. That is really weird. Especially for you. And I know for me, what my experience is, is I get a lot more emotional. Yeah. When I'm in a deficit. And I also get a lot more irritable. Oh, yeah. The hanger is real. Like I will be, if I'm in a deficit and I catch myself just being short with people, I'm like, okay, I need to eat. Yeah. You know, like I need to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a moment the other day that I had to step back and I was like, whoa, I'm sorry. You know, people say that's not me. (laughs) I don't do things like that. That's not me. I felt that. And that was so like, that's troubling to me. (laughs) I'm I'm a lot quicker to, to be a bitch about something. And I'm a lot quicker to and this is the other thing that was was interesting to me. I'm a lot quicker to nitpick myself. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. my body and my abilities and my insecurities. Like, I mean, everybody has insecurities, but two of mine, just to be a little vulnerable for a second, is uh, <laughs> I hate it when people preface that with <laughs> vulnerable moment. Anyway, is like that I'm incapable and that I'm stupid. Those are like my two biggest things. And usually I'm pretty okay at like keeping them at bay. Like I know the facts, like I know I can handle things and I know I'm not dumb. But like over the past couple of weeks of being in a deficit, it's a louder hum, I would say. Yeah, no, for sure. I I experienced that a lot in a deficit. Your insecurities really come to the forefront. 
I know that, you know, my experience with clients is like they'll start body checking themselves more Mm -hmm. and looking at their, you know, what they believe are flaws in the mirror. And that can be a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Like that can be a real challenge for people because being in a deficit's already hard and it can also make you harder on yourself. That I think goes back and it it kind of piggybacks off of what you were saying, Iris, about being, you know, being too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. And even things that I haven't cared about for a really long time. Like I don't, I don't have a goal weight. I haven't for a while. But those thoughts that like I've air quotes only lost this many or like, I don't look that different or whatever. I mean, it's only been seven weeks. So of course I don't look that different. Like all the logical things are, are there, but like they're slower to come to the surface than they usually are. It's very interesting. The things that being in a deficit will do to your brain. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like just the brain fog that I have in a deficit is just like, (sighs) I will be holding my car keys and I will be looking all over for my car keys. Oh my gosh, or, I did that with my I, headphones this morning. Yeah, <laughs> or or my phone. I'll be on the phone with like my mom or something. I'm like, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I, I just can't find my phone. She's like, well, you're on it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just crazy what being in a deficit can actually do. And I'm gonna go there, but deficits also lower your libido. Yeah. Like, Your body, when it's in a deficit, what a lot of people don't understand is a deficit is a stress on the body. Mm -hmm. You're literally operating at a deficit. (laughs) Yeah. One thing our bodies don't want to do when it's in a deficit is reproduce or release Mm -hmm. hormones that are going to help you want to reproduce. So that is something to really take into consideration also. Yeah. I mean... Again, going back to your body as a partner in all of this, you're not taking in enough energy to sustain yourself. Why is it going to give you offspring? (laughs) It's not. It's concerned about keeping you alive. And if it's, you know, if it's in that state of stress, because a calorie deficit is a stress, it's not going to put you in more stress, right? Exactly. So I, I like to say that there's a lot of magic in maintenance. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of magic in maintenance that I don't think... You know, if someone is a chronic dieter and they're chronically like in and out of a deficit, um, mm-hmm. aka yo-yo dieting, um, mm-hmm. or aka eating quote unquote good all week and then overindulging on the weekends, mm. people never get to experience the magic of maintenance. They never get to experience like sometimes like what their actual personality is, you know? Like Yes. It's wild. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about, I wanted to go back to that, is that I'm really convinced that people don't really know who they are. Like a lot of people don't know who they are really because they're trying to fucking diet all the time. Yeah. And they're experiencing all these things like headaches is one sometimes, depending on how steep the deficit is. Um, You know, being moody, being bitchy, having brain fog, having sleep disturbance. We can talk about that in a minute. Oh, yeah. And they don't understand that that's not them. It's just because they're not eating enough. This is something I've been thinking about for weeks as I've been experiencing it. And I was chuckling because I've been spoiled over the past like year and a half, two years, (laughs) being in maintenance and a surplus, where I was honestly quite removed from the immediate experience of being in a deficit. And I 
there's been a fire lit under my ass about this because I think about a lot of women specifically in my life who experience all these things. And these are the same women who have been on fad diets, yo-yo dieting for years and years and years. And it's so sad because I, I really believe if they would just stop and get into a healthy maintenance, like the real true maintenance and experience it, they would actually get to know themselves. They would realize what their true personality is, right? They're not so testy. They're not tired all the time. They don't have the afternoon crash all the time. They don't like, they don't have these headaches. And it's, I'm just really passionate about that <laughs> right yeah, now. No. And I think that that is so true because, you know, oftentimes people get overly critical of themselves when they're in a deficit oh, yeah. and they get overly critical of all those points you just mentioned. And so, if you're a chronic dieter, you never really learn what you're like outside of a deficit, mm -hmm. how it is to not feel that little slight pang of hunger all the time, or, you know, what a true good night's sleep is like. Right. Yeah. That is one thing that has popped up for me. The first week of my deficit personally was rough. And then it, my body was kind of like, what the hell? And then it got used to it a little bit. Now the last couple of weeks, and I'm heading into a, a maintenance break next week. But the past few weeks, it's interesting because paired with the tired all the time fatigue, mm -hmm. I also am having a hard time, and this is common in a sustained deficit, I'm having a hard time staying asleep. And I don't know if this is a deficit thing, but this this has not happened uh, for a very, very long time. And it's only happened since I've I've been in this late stage calorie deficit is I've been having really freaky dreams, like unsettling dreams, mm -hmm. um, like apocalyptic, Ooh. like people dying Ooh. dreams. And I don't know if that's a deficit thing. I'm going to look into that. That's interesting to me because that I don't get those <laughs> usually is every once in a while, but not this consistently. But yeah, sleep disturbance, which is it sucks because you're tired and then you can't sleep. So it's just like this cycle. of Oh, yeah. Because again, your body uses energy while you're sleeping too to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. And especially if you are in a deficit that is too steep, the steeper the deficit, the more disturbance you're going to have in your sleep, the mm -hmm. more fatigue that you're going to have. That's why like these 1200 calorie diets and people eating at a like very, very restricted calories. That is why they feel like they're operating at only like 50% is because you are. Have you noticed anything else in your deficit? Like, are you feeling more tired throughout the day? Are you having a hard time falling asleep or waking up? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I am tired. Um, like all afternoon, usually just me. Generally, I have most of my energy in the morning um, and then it kind of tapers off throughout the day. I've had less energy in the morning and then it really tapers off in the afternoon. But the temptation to nap has never been so strong. And I, I like a good nap every once in a while, but not this often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is not normal for me. So there's that. But then also when it's time to go to bed, Sometimes it's really hard for me to fall asleep. Sometimes I pass out immediately because I'm just exhausted. But then what I've noticed is I'm a very light sleeper right now, which I'm not mm. usually. I usually 
zonk out and I stay zonked for quite a while and usually I have to pee. And then I'll just go right back to bed and zonk out again. But now when I have to get up to pee, it takes me like half an hour to an hour to fall back asleep, which is not my favorite. If you know anything about me, you know, I value my sleep (laughs) and uh, it's not fun. And then of course that trickles down to being more tired throughout the day. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they really underestimate their sleep quality when they're in a deficit. Like they don't realize, they just think that they are a light sleeper. Like mm-hmm. I think that, you know, chronic dieters and well, I'm just, I'm just a light sleeper. When in reality, when you, when you actually test the theory and st- like kick it in maintenance for a while, you might realize that you're actually not a light sleeper. You just weren't getting enough energy to keep you soundly asleep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a study a while ago, it was like 400 college students or something where they directly linked poor sleep quality and low mood to restrictive diets. And I mean, calorie deficit is inherently some calorie restriction. Of course, there's levels of it. You can go crazy and make it unsustainable or you can have a moderate one. But even the longer you're in a moderate one, all of these things start to pop up. Yeah, it is really fascinating how your mood is affected by your deficit. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. When you think about it, it makes sense. You operate from a deficit mindset at that point. I think that what's really important is to learn how to take diet breaks, learn how to be in maintenance, learn how to, you know, figure out being okay with not being in a deficit all the time. That way you can really experience the perks of not being in a deficit. Yes. One of the most magical things about maintenance, and I saw this in myself and I see it in people all the time who are willing to take that leap and experience maintenance for a longer term, is that they start to realize and fully internalize that they don't need to change themselves in all the ways they think they do in order to like themselves to respect themselves, to love themselves, or to have other people like and respect and love them, you know? I mean, they start to realize that the people that actually matter never never gave a shit in the first place. But then they start to realize that for themselves, like they don't have to lose that whatever pounds in order to like themselves. They start to empower themselves in that way. And I think that's a huge piece that a lot of people are missing out on. And I know it's scary but I mean, it's it's the best thing you're ever going to do. And it's I've said maintenance is an absolute, whether you whether you do it intentionally or your body puts you there because you've been eating so little for so long that you're you've just adapted. Yeah. Going back to what we were saying in the beginning, you've truly been consistent. And this is not the case for a lot of people. I will say it is hard to hear, but a lot of us are not as consistent as we think we are. Just that's plain very and simple. true. But there are those few and far between people who have truly, absolutely been so consistent for so long with so little calories that their body's like, all right, fine. Like, this is all I'm getting. This is all we got. And then their maintenance is way low. That is not, that is not very common. I just wanted to put that out there, but it can happen. I mean, metabolic adaptation's a thing. It is a thing. And a lot of people, they don't realize that I love that you brought up the consistency piece because a lot of times it's just checking the consistency versus actually being metabolically adapted. But when you are metabolically adapted, there comes a crossroads where you may have to reverse diet 
mm-hmm. where you slowly increase your calories over time to minimize body fat gain. But at the same time, you can prevent all of that by just being in a sustainable deficit where you're not, you know, drastically under eating to where you're, you don't want your body to metabolically adapt. Right. And it will to some extent, regardless, um, we are always in a state of adaptation. It's just, again, our body's trying to keep us alive. We're always adapting on a micro level and a, a larger scale. But you can prevent some of that like drastic. And can we talk for a second about a broken metabolism? Our metabolisms cannot break. No, they adapt. They, cannot. they adapt. Mm-hmm. They don't break. They don't get damaged either. Like it's it's not damaged. It's not broken. Again, like Iris mentioned, they simply adapt to what you're putting it through. Our bodies are very, very smart. Yeah. And a lot of the people who are convinced that their metabolisms are broken are the people I mentioned a second ago where they're just not being consistent. And that's an ego check for sure. Absolutely an ego check. But once you know that, and I saw a post today that was really cool to me because she said it started out, she made some realizations and it started out as disappointment. And then it became empowering because she knew where she was. She knew exactly what was going on. Her consistency was low and she realized she wasn't broken. She just needed to amp it up a little bit. And that's super cool when you realize that. So it doesn't have to be this, you know, punishment thing. It can be a very empowering thing. And have fun with it. You can make it a game. I wonder how my body likes eating and maintenance. I wonder how my body likes, like be curious about your body. Yeah. Get to know your body. Mm -hmm. Like Iris mentioned, like your body is not your enemy. Get to know it. Get to understand the trends and what it, what it enjoys and what it doesn't like. And if it doesn't like something, like if you know your body doesn't like 1200 calories, don't only give it 1200 calories. Right. That, by the way, 1,200 calories, most people, unless you're very, very, very petite, that's about as many calories as it needs just to keep the lights on. (laughs) Yes, that's about how many calories it needs to feed a toddler. Right. Yeah. Actually, Lifting Lindsay, she has a really great video on her Instagram talking about where that originated and how it kind of became this weird, nonsensical standard for women. (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting. It's wrong though. Very, yes. And it and it is wrong. It's it shouldn't be the standard. Yep. Let's go to the crazy side of calorie deficit real quick and then we can wrap up. But people who have truly been really malnourished for quite some time. Let's talk about some some quick signs of that. One is hair loss. I think we both experienced that when we did HCG, right? Yes. I thought I remembered us talking about that on Brooke's podcast, Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. Yes. That was a while ago, but that was a fun episode. That was one of the stupid diets we both have in common. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very stupid diets. Uh, so that uh, hair loss, brittle nails, dry skin, a gray pallor. Um, you know, you don't look kind of pink and lively. You just you look kind of blah. Um, so those are the the biggies that I can think of when it comes to malnutrition. And then, of course, everything else, you know, fatigue, irritability, headache, all of that stuff, poor concentration. 
all those things, especially with concentration. I noticed like when I'm in a deficit, it is a little bit harder for me to concentrate. Like I won't actually read as much as I usually like to read because Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to focus on what I'm reading. How does being in a calorie deficit affect cognition? Usually when people are at a calorie deficit, if they're eating enough protein, you usually have to reduce the amount of carbs that you're eating. Carbs are the body and the brain's (laughs) primary source of energy. So when you reduce your carb intake too low or when you just reduce it even a little bit, you're also going to feel that fatigue. You're also going to notice a difference in in your cognition from the standpoint of it might take you a little bit longer to find answers to things. Mm -hmm. Like it might make you feel a little bit more scatterbrained. You know, all of those can compile because you're not getting, you're not eating enough energy to maintain your body's current state. You're going to have a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And it does, it it will affect your cognition. It might be in a way of like articulating what you want to say. It might be brain fog. It might be just a little bit slower to respond. Mm Mm-hmm. So moral of the story, guys, a calorie deficit is a stressor on your body and you shouldn't be in one all the time. You should not be in one all the time. It's okay to be in one, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to live in a calorie deficit. And I think it's so important to understand that because a lot of people, they live in this calorie deficit or a calorie deficit mindset, and you're just missing out on on the beauty of what could be maintenance. Yeah. These things are not normal. I think, you know, we've normalized them. People have normalized and kind of romanticized feeling like shit. And that's not normal. I mean, it's common because a lot of people are stuck in this yo-yo cycle and restriction cycle, but it's not normal. No, it's definitely not. So we got to stop normalizing these things. It's a phase. It's It's a phase of life that you can do in a healthy and realistic way. But a phase ends At some point, you have to accept that that's coming. Maybe that time has already come. Maybe it's time for a break. Maybe it's time to just let it go for a little bit and get into maintenance and really practice maintenance, which is the lifestyle. And then when you're in maintenance, you can shift gears. You can really focus on your strength training and strength goals and getting stronger and feeling better physically and mentally and emotionally. I think that there's There's so much to gain from maintenance that if you're a chronic dieter, I can't wait for you to experience it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's amazing. It's as um, I was, (laughs) my brain. It's amazing. (laughs) So that's what we got for you today, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for all the reviews and the messages on the socials. We just really appreciate it. It is nice to know that this is reaching people. You know, we never really know (laughs) unless we're told, which is nice. Yeah. So it's nice. And we appreciate you listening. You know, we, these bitches appreciate you listening. We sure do. And you know, it's, it's what we said. And I think the very first episode is we're not doing this necessarily for an audience. Um, We're doing this because we like it. Um, This is just as much for us, I think, as it is for anybody else. But We do want to spread the good word, you know, (laughs) as they say, spread the good word of, you know, leaving that fad diet nonsense behind and really cultivating some knowledge about this stuff. Because once you have, I like to say, knowledge is cool. Knowledge and action is power. 
And that's that's kind of the goal here. Yes, absolutely. Knowledge and action is power. And we want you to know that you have control of that. Yup. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and with that, everybody have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next time. Same time, same place. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>